You're listening to Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Our aim, as always, is to help the people of God understand, love, and enjoy the Word of God. For more information, visit us at theologyuntucked.com. Welcome to another episode of Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. The title of tonight's episode is Theology of Work. And now, here are your hosts and theologians, Discretiones Lustiache, Tim and Caleb. <laughs> I, I do specifically like the Spanish accent that you tossed into your, uh, to your Latin phrase that's... Uh... Uh, almost nonsensical. That's uh, actually so, a, that's Italian. So, so sure it is. Yeah, theologians. Uh, what is that? A dis- discretionary injustice. I don't think it's injustice. I think it's uh, justice. Well, Something about is, justice and discretion. <laughs> it makes total sense. It's it's Latin, so it doesn't matter. Well, I tell you what, let's let's go to something that makes far more sense. I'm excited about this episode, Theology of Work. Um, you know, it is, it's one of those topics that's uh, seldom talked about. We don't really talk much about work ethic and whatnot. We're usually more concerned with the things that are going on in the culture, such as something going on tonight. What's going on tonight as we're recording this here, Kevin? Well, it is election night headquarters at Theology Untucked, if you're <laughs> listening live, which you're not because yep. we're recording this, but... It is ten o'clock uh, Central Time, eleven o'clock East Central Time, or East Time, East Standard Time, where Tim's at. So real time is actually real, what we yeah, call it here. Real time. So I I don't know, Tim, but we were looking at it a few minutes ago. What's the status? Uh, uh, Midwest is uh, looking like it's leaning towards Trump, and you uh, might actually pull this one off. I don't know. There's there's all sorts of ways this could go still, but uh, anyone who's listening to this knows what kind of debacle followed. We don't really know that yet. We're kind of sitting here looking at uh, results piling in and uh, everyone freaking out uh, and nerves all around. So that's always fun. We figured it was a perfect time to set aside uh, time to just talk about what it is to work. So well, and you ne- you never know. Who knows? By by the time that this podcast airs, we still may not have a president. Even though, because I heard MSNBC declared that they were the only ones that would be able to declare victory for a president. So. Oh, nice for them. I, I'll say the same thing about me sitting in my office. I. I reserve the right to declare the new president. I declare. <laughs> so theology of work. So p- part of kind of what wor- this comes from, I've, I've actually just kind of spent a lot of um, time on this, I guess, from a scholarly aspect of from, from what I, from what I f- have found and, and read in the Bible and, um, and, and working on um, a, a book actually uh, for the, that's not a scholarly book that's something that's that's for just the you know everybody out there for faith theology of work of i do not see necessarily a a place in the bible where there is um a differentiation between sacred work and secular work and and right. part of the heart of where that comes from tim is 
uh, and, and you know this because you know me at, at, from from school, and um, and I was really encouraged too from from when we started school at Evangelical that um, you know I thought I was like maybe some kind of unicorn that a person that's in seminary that you know just has a regular dude job, and that's not the case. In fact, many no, not at all. many if not most of our colleagues are not you know vocational pastors. Um, right. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of a weird thing when I started going to seminary, even in, in grad school, you know, I never had the um, intent or intention or felt that I had the calling to be in vocational ministry. But, you know, people, and it's understandable, you know, that you're going to seminary, well, oh, you want to be a pastor. Um, and so, you know, there's been a lot of kind of weird conversations and also too i didn't really know how to answer that um i was a bible nerd and really just kind of like mm-hmm. doing bible nerd stuff but i also like work i like the work that i do um and so you know it, it's been really interesting i guess the past uh few years on this journey of you know how people respond and as you get to talking that's kind of where the idea of theology of work comes from and i don't know what what about you because i I know you've had regular dude jobs and you've been a pastor yep yeah uh and i i've thoroughly enjoyed both of them um i do not you know i mean when so before i was ever in ministry um at least vocationally and i'm glad you make that distinction all christians are in ministry Absolutely. Um, yeah, the idea of a vocational ministry, that this is actually a, a source not only of income, but of constant focus employed by a church, for for instance. Before that, I, I worked in the automotive world. I did um, auto parts um, and uh, retail. I did, um, I actually used to paint cars um, and, you know, pinstripes and detail things and all sorts of fun stuff. And your um, father's in business. I mean, you grew up... Yeah, he he's he's a car guy. He's a gearhead, and has uh, always been so as long as I've been alive. Um, and it was it was uh, kind of a natural flow for me. I, a lot of the a lot of the men in my uh, in the generations in my family past were all business guys or insurance guys, um, and just kind of had a natural flair for that kind of stuff. And um, when you know, making that transition, I remember somebody came up to me and said, "Wait a second! So you're 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 going into ministry? When did you when did you feel God's call uh, to go into ministry?" And I just when you came out of the womb, I said, uh, "I said I I never uh, is actually the answer. I I simply have I, I was always a Bible nerd, just kind of was the way of that, you know, from earliest day uh, that I was a Christian, so about eleven, twelve years old." And that was just always kind of one of these fascinations for me, one of these interests. And all of a sudden, I see a, a need aligning with an interest mm. and an ability of mine. And it wasn't much more complicated than that. And honestly, you know, that's how businesses get started, right? That's how businesses get started. That's that's how podcasts get started. That's uh, that's honestly how I got into ministry. And so, I, I've never played this idea of this this clergy laity separation this idea that there's sacred work and there's secular work because to be perfectly honest all of us uh have on some level a sacred and a secular aspect to whatever vocation we have and what whether or not there is you know 
you know, 10% secular, 90% sacred, you know, whatever you want to talk about is, is really not even the issue. There's just not one that's 100% sacred and the one that's 100% secular. I, I don't hold to that at all. That's encouraging because, I, you know, like I said, we, we didn't talk about that before the show. And so it's interesting to hear that we kind of land in the same place. You know, theologically, I, I, I feel that, um, you know, you, you hear a lot of people talk about calling, um, that are in the ministry and, and, and I would say that I've felt a, a, a calling on my life, I guess, as I got more, I, you know, maybe spiritually mature would be the correct, um, vernacular for it. But, um, it, it was no, um, you know, God coming down out of heaven and, and seeing an angel and, and hearing a voice. I, I, I just, as I, read the bible and you know you're just struggling in this world and and trying to get along and working and it's like hey you know we're we're all called we're all we're all called and it's always kind of been that way and when it's part of it's even part of our language the word vocation literally comes from vocal the same the same root word to call uh so what we do is what we're called to it was kind of always assumed that way um, and so this, this kind of a concept that only, only the, you know, pastors have a special call, you know, and missionaries too, ever since William Carey, um, made up that, you know, church office. Um, so that we have this, this idea of a distinct call to ministry. Uh, honestly, all Christians are called to ministry, period. Um, at the idea of being called to vocational ministry also, I would have issues even with that terminology, like you say. Uh, it is it is something that if, if God gives you desire for it, ability for it, and has confirmed that with other people, not just you going out seeking it, no issue. And this yeah. is what ordination is about. This is what uh, all these things are about. You know, if you desire to work in the Word and serve your local church and you have the heart of someone who cares about people, that's a marvelous gift for any Christian. Uh, whether that you know sets you in a role of a pastor or not is is really neither here nor there. So I mean, it, the inconsistencies of it kind of show up. Like for instance, am I a pastor? Well, right now, not not particularly. I mean, but, I was. But you've been pastoral. You you. I mean, I look at you pastorally. Um, right, and so like you know, and I I am in a pulpit on Sundays because I'm I'm filling pulpit for a church, but I'm not fulfilling the role of pastor there. I'm not visiting people in the hospital. Not that that's you know the main goal either, but I I'm not accountable for these people's souls outside of what I am asked to come do on Sunday morning. Right, because that's not I, I'm not ordained to that. They have not installed me as that. That's not my agreed upon role. I'm I'm filling pulpit for them. So, but for you know the church that I I left about a year and a half ago, um, I I was a pastor there for almost eight years, and it, you know it that. So did I stop being a pastor? Is this something that you just kind of are? You know, is, is being a doctoral student. You know, part of a vocational call to ministry, it, it gets really hairy when yeah. when you actually start getting into the details, and so all of a sudden the the distinctions kind of melt away, and so it's one of the reasons why I've 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 shied away from the whole there's secular work and then there's you know sacred work because I honestly don't see that that sacred I would say work that they're isn't. all sacred. 
everything can, for the Christian, all work is sacred. You are correct. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And on some level, it's also secular. Correct. You know, um, and it be, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if secular is to understood, it's not as anti-Christian, but it's just a Christian. You know, it's just not distinctly Christian. I mean, is there anything distinctly Christian about cleaning a toilet? There can be the attitude that you carry it out with and everything like that. I'll tell you, I I replace more toilets as a pastor in our church than ever outside in in, in any role anywhere else. So what well, is it about like about um, I don't know if, if, if you've ever, I, I, I don't know, I don't have like rental homes or, but I mean, I've got friends that are in that business and they're just like always telling me how, how they're always having to replace toilets in, in the apartment buildings and, and <laughs> homes that they own. Um, that's an interesting thing. It, and so it's common in the churches too, where they're well, destroying we had, toilets. We had 19 toilets in our building and none of them had been replaced since the building was built in like the late seventies. So right around 40 years, it's time to replace them all. And man, they all came due at the same point. I just, I just got so used to it. I just kind of had this little kit for replacing them. And I was just like, well, let's see if we hire a plumber, it's going to be, you know, $500. If we do it ourselves, it's a hundred bucks for a toilet and I can have it in, in, in you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. I don't like poo poo. So that <laughs> sounds like a good job for you. Well, this is a good kind of launching pad for kind of the show that we've got for you as we're right. bantering back and forth. Cause we've actually got, um, some listeners that have, that have sent in some questions for either Tim or me or both of us and so and we're just gonna like freestyle this thing and hit each other with a couple of these questions and we're gonna see how that goes are you ready are you ready to get bombarded with questions from people that have do jobs yeah at least i think they're all do jobs all right so um let's see oh the first one's addressed to you i think no, okay. So the first question is for both for Tim and Caleb, and it comes from HR or Harold. Uh, it says, Caleb and Tim really Harold. enjoy the show, uh, especially the silly words that you use out of context to introduce the show. Nice Uh-oh. touch. Someone who knows that we don't know Latin. They know the trick. <laughs> they know the trick. All right. Thanks, HR. So my question is about workplace discrimination, Uh uh, specifically religious discrimination. How is it that I can be sure that what I'm experiencing is because of my faith and how is it I should handle it? Uh I've been working here for several years, uh, but it seems to be a new development. It is getting to the point where it's very uncomfortable and can't just quit because I have a non-compete I signed when I started working. Really don't know how to change industries, or even if I could, because I've been doing what I've been doing for so long. Colleagues I've worked with tell me I should report it to HR, HR to HR, (laughs) Uh, but I am kind of scared to do that. I would appreciate the prayers as well as any advice you could give me. That really easy one right out the gate. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so many layers to that. Goodness gracious, um, religious discrimination. He wasn't really clear about um, what yeah, what kind exactly of was the. Uh, 
Well, so let me let me go with one of the middle questions there. How can I be sure that I am exper what I'm experiencing is because of my faith, and how is it I should handle it? Um, th this one has to do more with who you are in the workplace and what your responsibilities are there. Um, you know, if if you are, for instance, if your job is selling widgets or if it's making candlesticks or whatever the case may be, um, you know, if if you are being blatantly um, doing things during the company time, I'm guessing you're on salary or something here, doing something uh, at the job that's not actually part of the job, that that is, even if it is religious, it's, that's not really a religious freedom question, um, you know, as much as it would be anything else. So, like, for instance, you have you certainly have the the right to be a Christian. That's no issue there. But but as far as for whether or not somebody can, you know, withhold a, I don't know, withhold a, a, a job for you or something like that based on what religion you are, that's obviously illegal. And that would be where we would encourage you to talk to somebody more in the legal profession about, <laughs> yeah. you know, specifically religious discrimination. But I think we should t talk a little bit more about you know, what you can do to ensure that you're not causing issues um, yeah. where there wouldn't be otherwise, because that, that's a common issue as well. Someone who is a Christian being honestly a jerk, I'm not saying you are, um, but then when they get called out for that, they call it, you know, discrimination or something like this. So I, I would say analyze your own actions first. Uh, ensure that you are working above board um, with regards to your responsibilities there. Uh, I've worked in secular environments, uh, to use that terminology, um, and there is there is certainly a time to ring up customers, and there is a time to preach the gospel, and those are not the same time. Um, you know, and, and having a good deal of wisdom about this is really important. Um, one of the, one of the more important things about work is that you are hired to do a job or hired to, uh, maintain something for a, a period of time. Uh, do that to the utmost of your ability, uh, honoring both to the person who hired you, um, and do your work under the Lord. And it, that's one of the, one of the remarkable things too, is the gospel, often must use words. You will hear us talk about this all the time, but sometimes also um, the gospel is just part of how you think as the law works its way out your hands. And so living above board, uh, being exemplary, being respectful, being respectable, uh, all of those things usually do not go hand in hand with somebody being discriminated against religiously. Um, that sometimes can happen, and in those rare instances, I would say you need to be searching for legal advice more so than um, than us. Yeah, I so I guess where I'm at on on this is um, first of all, I'm 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 sorry that yeah that there's been some some uncomfort there. I, I, first of all, I guess I would say something in, encouraging in the sense that it sounds like. Maybe you're possibly doing something right. You you did say that it's a new development, um, and so I, I guess you know when we talk about persecution, you know we're not being persecuted here in this country. We were, I, don't, I don't assume that you're talking about um, someone's talking about slicing your head off, mm -hmm. um, and and so look, I I I think people. Um, no, no matter, you know, that they're going to make fun of you 
um, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're outward, outwardly, I guess maybe, um, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like a Calvinist when they first come into the, the, hmm. the reformed faith, they call it, you know, are you, are you a cage free Calvinist? Um, like where you can let them out of their cage because, you know, before you let them out of their cage, they're, they're look, they can be a little cray cray. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, look, I'm, I'm joking a little bit. I, I just, um, you know, we, we live in a, in a good country. I'm, I'm assuming Harold is, uh, is an American. He, he didn't, he didn't define that. Um, yeah, as far as far as from from a legal standpoint, I mean that's that's kind of not really our bag. How, however, um, I, I'm sure that it happens. I I would say that that I, I don't know. I want to kick kick this off of you too, Tim. That if, if there is something wherever it's coming from, um, that it's usually maybe maybe something else. You know, you know. I think that we should examine ourselves. I, I think that it's good just the fact that you're asking a question that tells me maybe that you are examining yourself. Um, and mm-hmm. I and I, I you know also understand like non compete clauses and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it does put you in a tight spot for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would say. This isn't legal advice from a documentation standpoint, and I'm not talking about recording call. I'm just like, I think it's good to just journal anyway. Talk about mm-hmm. your feelings. So and so said this. It made me feel like this, um, and that helps you just kind of work through what's what's going on in and around your life. But man, there's also a lot of great opportunity um, right. for you to be who Christ called us to be. Um, it's not your responsibility to proselytize and convert anybody. Um, and so maybe you're not even vocal about it and maybe they just saw a bumper sticker or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, maybe you're Arminian and they're a Calvinist and maybe that's where the persecution's coming from. I don't know. But so, yeah, so so let me let me let me kind of uh, wrap up the question with with regards to now just on a Christian to Christian basis. Now, you know, if you're dealing with something that is employment wise, legal, something like this, I you know, we're not really the person to ask about that. But I will say, as a Christian, um, I, I have certainly experienced just general despising of of my religion in a workplace not something that you know went to the level of discrimination or something like this or hold back of a you know a promotion or something i actually had several promotions was very happy with that but um it was it was more of the you know you're you know um more friendly banter i suppose you could say And, and honestly i would i would just encourage you to uh stiff upper lip (laughs) <laughs> and get through some of that. Um, you know, th- there are things that we are called to expect from the world, um, and and we should not be surprised that we find ourselves treated as foreigners in a uh, in a land where everyone else feels at home. Uh, so let me just encourage you for that in the middle of it, regardless of whatever else you're dealing with, uh, with regards to it. Um, suffering is a way of life for the Christian. 
Um, I'm sorry if somebody sold you on a bag of goods elsewise because it just simply isn't the case. Um, and so we, we, we take heart in the midst of that. We know our savior walked these paths yeah, we, way we've before been us. There. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we've been there too. Um, uh, and it's, it's frustrating. It's difficult, but keep Christ as your focus. Uh, that would be my advice, uh, in the middle of this. And if you are truly dealing with something illegal, um, you have every right to pursue the legal outcome. Yeah. Send Tim that, that email. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, if I hope that helps Harold, if there's anything else you want clarity on, uh, we would certainly, um, like to hear from you again. Nice All right. Questions. So the next question is for Tim and it comes to us from Chuck it says, Hey Tim, I am a reformed guy as well. And a theology nerd <laughs> and a Uh-oh. business owner that employs several people. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the guys that works for me quoted Leviticus 19.13, where it says, <laughs> the wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night long until the morning, because he wants to be paid every day rather than <sighs> waiting till the end of the week. How should I explain this to him in context and use it as an opportunity or is he right and should I pay him every day? Okay. All right. So if you're, first of all, I hope you're one of the reformed guys that doesn't belong in the cage anymore. Um, if so, get back in the cage and, uh, and listen a little bit. Um, it, okay. So you say you're a reformed guy. I'm assuming that you also mean that the guy who works for you is quoting this to you, not because he knows you're a Christian, but because he is and is quite misinformed about Leviticus 19.13. Uh, the so basically the idea is that because the Levitical civil code for theocratic Israel uh, required a daily recompense for daily hired wages, um, that that somehow translates thirty four hundred years into the future uh, to here. In fact, doesn't translate it; just goes straight applicable. Um, I, there, here's here's the issue. Um, if you're a reform guy, as you say, you should know that there is a, a, a pretty good distinction between the Old Covenant and the New, uh, and a really good distinction between um, this issue of what the law code was for, um, that there were several parts to the law code. It wasn't just a moral law, but there was also um, parts of it that were specifically for civil matters like this, and ceremonial matters, uh, as well as for moral. Um, and so this one is falls squarely into the civil law code, which was for Israel. This was literally their law code. They didn't have another one that God was making a culture essentially from scratch, uh, out of his people that he redeemed out of Egypt. And so he gave them a civil law code as well, as well as the ceremonial rules for sacrifices and so forth. And on behind all of these is a moral principle that is directly applicable. And so that really gets to the heart of the question. So you're trying to answer this question with regards to a civil rule. The reality is the Levitical code is not our civil law here in America. Nor should what? it be. We're not Nor should we theocracy? aim for it to be because we aren't a theocracy. <laughs> right. So we have a civil law code and you must pay your workers in accordance with our civil law code here in this country at this time. And so if you are 
if you are shortening their wages or if you're changing their time clocks, which I have seen managers do and called them straight out on it, if, if you are doing things like this, then the moral principle that sits behind this civil code for Israel will come and condemn you in your, in your, in your shoes right where you stand. Um, so because this is the idea that that money actually belongs to that person. Do not withhold it in, in an unjust manner. Yeah, that uh, that's I guess where I would go with it on. Yeah, it, it, sometimes that works on people when you can use a Bible verse, especially here in Mississippi. I, you know, I could I could have probably got back in that. The other question I I, I want to say is like, man, is that guy a welder? Um, <laughs> but uh, it, if any of y'all know what I do, then I guess y'all would think that's funny. But um, yeah, so hmm. <laughs> trying to put this in the in the in the nicest way i from from a practical standpoint of look you 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 hire somebody at a certain wage they agree to um and you know look if you pay them at the end of the week if you agree to pay them once a year that that was the agreement that's the thing that you need to stick to I kind of for me it's kind of just that just that simple um and I can really get in the rabbit hole on some on some old testament stuff but really it, as far as bringing something into context I mean that's really all I pull out of that Tim that yeah uh, that I mean that's that's the really important part about this is is the importance is to translate this okay so it's a civil law to Israel it would be almost as ludicrous as me handing you a Hebrew scripture that you do not know Hebrew and saying, boom, there's the Old Testament. I don't have to translate this for you. That's the Bible. So that should make all the difference in your life. Have fun learning how to read from right to left and what vowel pointing is. Uh, good luck. Bye. Um, I, I have failed. I may have given you the scriptures, but you can't understand it. You can't read it. You can't work with it. Um, and the same if we just take a law like this and just hijack it right out of its context and set it right over top of our culture in a completely different context with with by the way a, a monetary policy that's completely different and money that's designed in a different way um, things that don't work the same way but there is a moral code that sits behind this that right. we are absolutely bound to and so chuck i don't know what the name of your employee is that's talking about this i'm glad you didn't share that but um if, if he then assumes that he is being religiously discriminated against, maybe he can send us a message <laughs> and we can talk to him about that. I don't know. That'd be interesting if that was the same, that was the same thing I, going on. I don't there. think so. That'd be, that'd be really <laughs> weird. Um, all right. So the next question is for, let's see. Next question is for me. It comes from Krista. I'm, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to punt this and kick it back to you, but let's see here. Hey, Caleb, sorry to hear about the loss of your dog, Lafitte. Oh, thank you, Krista. Um, my question is, the company I work for has changed the amount of money, my salary commission, numerous times since I've started working for them. I hope up. Uh, there are also times when some of the hourly employees have, take, have to take their work home with them because they are tasked with too much during the day. Hardest part of being a salesperson is trying to do all the tasks we're asked to do uh, to take care of our existing customers. Um, 
Let's see. I, 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 this is kind of getting a little convoluted. Um, when I attempt to question, oh, I'm not, I feel like I'm dismissed uh, and even sometimes made to feel like I'm not doing my job good enough. Um, company I work for does not like it when you step outside a chain of command. Few do. Yeah. Um, this has happened at other places I work too. Okay, so okay, so we're getting to the heart of the matter on some stuff. So this has happened at other places that I work at too. Um, I'm afraid if I quit, I'm, I may be stacking, stepping into the same thing or even worse. Then there's a possibility it is just me and maybe I'm making too much to do about nothing. What should I do? Any advice and prayers are greatly appreciated. Okay, Krista. So, yes, we will We will definitely pray for you. Um, yeah, so, man, when we are, we're going to have turmoil at, at work um and and look part of the part of the enemy's strategies to make you feel like you're not good enough or but but uh like a good friend told me too he said the fact that you're even questioning that within within inside yourself is just tells me right now that you're a, a good person that's that's kind of weighing things in the balance um look at you know I, I work um, a salary job with a commission, and I've always looked at commission as a, you know, it's what it is. It's a bonus, and they're going to change it. That's kind of that's the way that it is. And so however it is you budget your life and or your money, uh, you know, I would definitely work off that salary um, rather than, you know, figuring anything in on commission. Um and look, I mean, you hold them accountable in, in the best way that you can. I do understand the difficulties of, of working um, a sales job that's stressful. And But, but also I want you to know, too, that uh, whether it's a big company or small company, um, those guys that are over you are over other people. Um, and no matter what you think, good or, or bad of them it is a very very difficult position to be in um, you have to make some difficult decisions and sometimes they don't have the power means or know-how um, mm -hmm. and so really kind of having some grace for them uh, which it sounds like that you do um, have some grace for the person that you work for but man it's um it's a difficult position for them to be in. And so I, I would say from a Christian's perspective, um, do what you can to encourage them. Um, we're not talking about, you know, any, any, anything other than just some uncomfortableness. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, Tim, I don't know. You got anything to add to that? No, it, not not a whole lot. Um, I, I can kind of see why she was asking you more so. I do not have much. Uh, actually, I don't have any experience with salaried commissioned jobs. Um, all of mine were salary bonus structures or um, contract hourlies um, or just straight salaries. So not too many bonuses in the uh, <laughs> in the ministry world or commissions. Golly, <laughs> some churches. Well, and I mean, some of that language too, Tim, is... You know, some people say commission, and and 
you know, use the same kind of language. So, I mean, that really can be a kind of a broad term as well. Yeah. You know, is that something weekly, monthly, daily? Is it a daily deal? Um, but no, it, look, your companies are dependent on how big the company, I mean, they hire salespeople for a reason, um, and it's to grow sales. Um, and then you have existing customers and then you have tasks to do, um, and they change a lot. It's kind of, it's kind of part of the gig. Um, and sometimes it's not fun. If there's one thing that you want to tick off a sales person is to have them do like paperwork. They hate doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually hasn't ever bothered me. I have gotten in trouble for not having it in on time, but I can really kind of, I can be a little long winded, Tim. And so I can write some reports you that d- really ticks say. them off. Yeah. So, um, man, what should you do is pray. Um, you, you should pray and ask, ask for, um, prayers for your boss. Who's in a difficult situation yeah, um, and, and, and speak honestly, to your colleagues. Honestly, Krista, it, it sounds like there's, um, there's a number of different things going on here. My, my direct advice to you would be to go and talk to your pastor about this. This is yeah. going to be something that's going to take you some time to get through. There's a number of different uh, areas that are of concern here um, with regards to, uh, you know, concerns about the future, desire to quit, but then, you know, stepping into the same thing somewhere else and jobs and all these things. You're you're going to need someone to walk with you. This is not a, we, we don't want to treat this as like in, in five, ten minutes we can just solve your issue here. I, I honestly think it's... Uh, it requires more digging and more um, more personal interaction. So I would honestly encourage you to talk to your pastor about this. Yeah, um, so and, it, and see it, where he's at. We pray that you have a pastor. Um, yeah, that would assume that that you're in that situation. Um, and and look, I, I I mean, I've I've felt the, these exact same things. Um, mm-hmm. And that's you know it can get there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um. And what what I can't remember what the scripture verse is, Tim, but it's like you know, with wise counsel, wage war. We're not talking about waging like literal war here, but we're we're talking about the spiritual battle um, of, of things that go on in our life and confusion and the world and not like look. Sometimes there's things that happen at work that are not right. You don't mm-hmm. like it, um, but. It, you know, sometimes, sometimes, um, in fact, probably most of the time, you you gotta you gotta learn how to fight your battles. And having wise counsel with a pastor, with a friend, um, and look, at, you know, if you've communicated things to your boss and you feel dismissed, welcome to the club. <laughs> Um, he's, yeah, he's, no a, he's a, he's a, he's broken just like anybody else. And, yeah. um, man, we, we make mistakes where sometimes we can if be you're dismissive honest with yourself as somebody who has been in a boss's position before you've dismissed things he's said, or she's said, I mean, uh, you know, no, that, yeah, <laughs> I mean, every, everyone knows that it. it's just kind of the way it goes. You know, we, we don't always agree 
with the people that are in charge um, and nor if we're in charge do we always agree with the people that we are in charge of and work with so that that's just part of broken people working with broken people uh, it happens in the church too and it happens uh, it happens between Caleb and I but he usually comes around and finds out I'm right yeah and um, you know hey I'm I'm pretty submissive <laughs> if you can't tell. Do I look like a submissive person? No, not even in the least. I uh... <laughs> I, I really do. I, I pray for, I've had to apologize to um, many of my bosses. And so we've got two questions left. Um, the, Shorter the ones next too, one, right. The next one is for Tim. Um, oh, goody. Well, it's interesting the way that this one's worded, Tim. It says, the next question is for Tim. And maybe Caleb, and comes from thanks Denise. I'm chopped liver here. <laughs> maybe Caleb. Uh, so um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, yeah. I'll, if it's too, if it's another intricate section of it's Leviticus, not, I might it's just boot really it to you. small. This this one's at, well, it's a couple of questions in one, and then and then the big question is gonna be at the end. But it says mm -hmm. Tim and or Caleb. What is the best way for us Christians to represent our faith? working in a secular workplace also oh, okay who yeah. are you going to vote for and why i hate both candidates oh my gosh that took a bit of a turn uh <laughs> thanks denise oh uh, that, that is a question for tim yeah okay great thanks caleb appreciate that um okay so here's a fun little thing so in uh four years ago um I had a policy where I was, well, I mean, I was a, I was a pastor at the time. And so I refused to tell anybody what my opinions were on anything politically, if it was not specifically dealing with, with moral things that affected the church directly. Was that um, your cage? Uh, that was not before your cage-free Calvinism time. Nah, I, I've been cage-free for a uh, decade and a half by now, but uh, probably should have stayed a little bit longer, but um, there, so I, I didn't tell anybody and I honestly, I hated having to vote the way I voted in 2016. It frustrated me. I did not like it. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit less, uh, boisterous than, than the man I voted for in 2016. That pretty much should tell you, uh, that, um, I didn't have the same interaction this time. Um, uh, I didn't have the same level of frustration, uh, or consternation. Um, I actually happily voted for the same person I voted for in 2016. Um, not because I approve of all the things that he is or does or anything like this, because honestly, I don't approve of myself in those things. Uh, and in any sphere do I call my, my obedience to law or even, um, such things to be, to be of high and noble regard. But I will say this, um, what has been very clear is that on one side versus the other, um, the issue of not just abortion, but of, uh, of just plain up uh, disagreement over the nature of this country kind of made the choice pretty straightforward for me. Um, Marxism is an absolutely failed worldview, and I will never take part in anything that supports it whatsoever, not even in theory. Um, so it, it, it was kind of a, it was kind of a dual part, uh, thing for me. Um, abortion is number one, numero uno issue for me. Um, I cannot take part in anyone. Uh, I kind of take RC Sproul's opinion on this where I won't even vote for a dog catcher if he thinks it's okay to do this. Cause I mean, that just shows, it demonstrates such a, 
such a misunderstanding of the role of government, um, you know, uh, holding to something like that. Uh, additionally, the idea of full control over all of your populace um, with something that has been responsible for uh, over 100 million deaths um, Marxism, socialism, these types of things is something I'll never, I'll never be convinced is a moral thing. Um, honestly, if your theory only works in a theoretical space and then when it gets attached to humans, it ends up, uh, killing people, uh, it's a really bad theory. Um, maybe we can have a whole episode on socialism sometime because that's something I would really like to talk about, uh, at length. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be a good one. I, um... so that's my long way of saying I did vote for Trump. Uh, and I didn't have much of a problem with it. Yeah, but I voted for Trump. Um, it's not that um, communism's evil. Um, it's that people are evil. And I would say communism is a system that allows for there to be more vulnerability in murdering people. Yes. And that is, that's the effect. Whether that's part of the plan or not is debatable. But that is almost always the effect. And at that point, I'm not going to take part in that. So, like, it's, you know, like, it's capitalism. and Like, yeah, there's there's lots. There's there's evil in the world. It's because it hasn't. It, for me, it's a theodicy issue um, that this problem that we have in this world, no matter what system that we as believers happen to be stuck in, whatever government system, um evil still exists. Um, mm -hmm. And it is our job as the church um, to be salt. Um, and that means that's, that's an image that's it's just got a lot of beautiful things in mind, but salt is salty. People are going to hate you. People are not going to like you. Mm -hmm. um, and, but we're going to, we're going to preserve one another Um in the church. So no matter what system is in place, um, the church of Jesus Christ will be here until he comes back to get his bride. And then divine justice will come in swiftly. No matter how bad your boss sucks or doesn't suck, mm -hmm. um, no matter who's the president or the czar or the king, um, Jesus is our king. This place is not our home. Last mm -hmm. question, Tim. Mm -hmm. What is the worst job you ever had? Huh. <laughs> no, it was not pastor. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that would be oh, No, that was the best job, honestly, I ever had. Uh, I um, enjoyed it thoroughly. Um I the worst job I ever had. Worst job I ever had. That one well, caught you off guard, huh? You know, a lot of bad jobs. I, I honestly, it wasn't because of the job; it was because of the boss. So can oh, I just can I yeah can I yeah hijack we can this and say definitely yes. It was the worst job I ever had because of the boss. Now I got I was in the company, so I got to move because of this, but it created a huge HR issue. Um, I was I'm not even going to tell you what I worked for. I don't want this ever coming back on this, but I was, <laughs> um, I was a store manager and he was my district manager and dude had bipolar disorder. Like you wouldn't believe, um, one day he's telling me, uh, you know, best store in his district, you know, 
you know, uh, high marks, high numbers, you know, we were winning all these awards and everything like that. Next day he comes in and he is at the top of his lungs screaming at me in front of my people and in front of my customers. It, yeah, it, I mean, just. Are you sure you weren't being a bad employee to him? Honestly, to the, to the level that this was going, I could have been actively stabbing a customer and this would be an unwarranted amount of screaming. It was it was simply off the charts. Um, yeah, I don't know what was going on in his life or what it was, but uh, it was the only time in my life that I actually kicked my superior out of my store uh, for disorderly conduct and reported wow. him to HR. Um, and yeah, it that that was a horrible situation um, and something where I had to. He was really frustrated with me because um, I wouldn't let him write up my assistant manager for something honestly that regardless of such whether it was right or wrong is relevant that's my job um you know he's my boss and i'm the boss of my assistant manager and he doesn't just get to come in and bypass my role and just you know write him up um and just come in and you know clean house in my store <laughs> i have responsibility here and this had happened a, a few weeks before so i don't know the, some of the saltiness came back and Wanted to flex his muscles, I guess. And, uh, yeah, no, that did not work out well at all. Um, I got moved to another store because I was already going to be moving, you know, states. Um, but I went and babysat another store for a couple of months and then left the state. But that was that was a horrible situation. I do not wish bad bosses on anyone. I would... Uh, I, I've had bad customers as well, and bad customers certainly can uh, override bad bosses. But, uh, my gosh, bad bosses can make your make your life pretty much a living hell at times. And uh, so that, that would that would certainly be uh, the worst job I ever had. Honestly, not because of the job. I loved that job. Uh, it was, it was, my boss was just off his rocker at points. And he was legendary for that. So I kind of had come to expect it, but yikes. <laughs> yeah, so I got a bad boss story too. And other than this one boss and this one company... All of my bosses have been totally awesome. Hmm. They've been wow. perfect. Yeah, just brilliant. Um, no, you look. <clears throat> I do have one that 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 really sticks out, and this is kind of a funny story. I'm not going to name the company, but it starts with a W, ends with a T, and has Almar in the middle. And I was there a short period of time, and that still took me a while to figure out. <laughs> And, um, I, man, when I first started there, it was, it was awesome. Um, and, and it was the first time that I was, I guess, um, had people underneath me where I was, where I was a manager. And so I guess that was, uh, you know, I, it, it taught me a lot in the sense that I do try to encourage my bosses as bad as they may suck because I know how difficult of a position that can be in because you're getting pressure from below and from up above. But man, this mm -hmm. guy that was up above me, so they put me on like some kind of temporary duty. Um, and so he was actually over my area during this time. And even though I was working in this other area and then I, I come back and then he's like written me up for not making production, but he was the one that was over my area. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And anyway, the next day, um, I didn't show up at work 
I just didn't go in, and then they called, and then I came in, um, and then the next day, I um, told them I had to leave, and then they called me when I was on the way home, and I told them I pooped my pants, and um, <laughs> and then I and then I and then I just left and quit, meaning oh like my. that next yeah. So anyway, I'm ashamed of that. It happened. It's real. Um, so yeah, I've done some not so pretty things in the workplace and have had some not so pretty bosses and I'm not Mr. Holier than thou. Um, now I have pooped my pants quite a bit, um, in my lifetime, um, because I was in the military and, but that time I actually, it was a lie. I didn't poop my pants. I just really didn't want to be there. So is that is that like a tradition in the military? As as not coming from a military family or having experienced myself. Well, is there's that like a, there's sometimes in some situations where you don't really have a choice. Got it. Wow, I've never been more happy to be in ministry in my life with an office right next door to a bathroom. Yeah, don't poop your pants <laughs> if you're in ministry. That's that wouldn't be that'd be interesting. No, no, it wouldn't be. It would. <laughs> It'd be embarrassing on a whole new level. This is a weird place to ask for prayer to close us out, Tim, but I'm going to let you do that today, Mr. I will. Not poopy pants. Sounds great. All right. Father, we thank you for uh, this day. We thank you for work. Mm, We thank you that that you gave it to us to tend the garden even before the fall, that this is actually part of your world's design. We thank you that we will be working throughout all of eternity um, tending this world and uh, discovering its intricacies. We are grateful for that. We do look forward to it with great anticipation. Father, now there are several other effects of the fall that have affected our tending of the gardens. The ground is now tilled with our sweat and often our blood and our frustrations. Uh, Father, we are looking forward to a time where work itself is redeemed, where you will be our boss. Not only do we work as we serve you in our jobs now, then we will actually do so. And we look forward to that. We we pray for patience in the meantime uh, as we work as fallible people with fallible bosses and coworkers and all of these situations. Father, we do pray uh, your your gracious hand on us. Give us patience. Give us endurance. And we do pray that at the end of all of these things, we will see that it was worth it to walk with you your way and the way of the cross rather than the way most convenient for us. We do pray, Father, that you make our minds more and more stayed on Christ, even as the days grow darker and stranger. We do pray for our country as well this evening. Um, and all of the things that will be resulting from what comes of tonight. We pray for all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Theology Untucked. Join us each week as we engage in all things theological, biblical, and cultural. These are the types of conversations we should be having in the church today, and we aim to play our part. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like us to address, or a prayer request, 
please send them to us. You can reach me at Caleb at TheologyUntucked.com. Or you can reach me at Tim at TheologyUntucked.com. Do note that your prayer requests remain strictly confidential. We will not be sharing them on the show. For more information or to support the show, please visit TheologyUntucked.com. Lord's blessings to you all. Thank you.